I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, just me before the episode starts to say a few dates I've got around the place. So I'm going to be in Perth next week. So if you're in Perth, come along. I'm doing two stand-up shows at Oasis Comedy Club, uh, which is in uh, the Brisbane Hotel there. Also, I'm a part of the awesome arts festival doing my kids' show, Humankind. So if you've got kids aged between 4 and 10, bring them along. I think it's at 1 o'clock every day at the State Library there at Western Australia. It's a nice show. You'll really enjoy it. Hey, if you're in Melbourne, I'm doing uh, a live Don't You Know Who I Am, the old podcast. It's getting back together. And I'm doing it at the Retreat Hotel on October 24. It's a Monday night. It's free. 7 o'clock at the retreat in Brunswick there on Sydney Road. So just come along. It's a good deal. Every person that comes in the door, I get money from the bar. So it's, it's great. Just, just come along, even if you just sit there and listen to another podcast on your headphones. I'll still get paid. It's going to be great. Also, I'm part of the uh, Superdoll Studios Podfest, which is happening October 9. I'm uh, doing another Don't You Know Who I Am. This one is online, so you can watch it from the comfort of your little couch. Go to sospresents.com.au for the tickets. Or maybe just it's .com. That's right. For all the other tickets, go to joshearl.com.au. Massive thanks to everyone who's been Patreon subscribers. Hopefully you're enjoying the Pod Machine episodes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to patreon.com slash dykwia. That's patreon.com slash dykwia. I have a companion podcast to this one where I look at all the Hit Machine compilations. I've got to say, so far... I'm right in saying that 100% Hits is the best compilation. I've done three three discs so far of Hit Machine. Nah, 100% Hits all the way, baby. All right, that's all I need to say. Enjoy this episode. Oh, there's one more thing I need to say. At the end of the episode, my microphone uh, cut out on my Zoom recorder, and so I'm using the uh, computer mic that I recorded with. It's fine. You don't even notice. It's just for the last like five minutes, really. Anyway, enjoy that. Enjoy this episode with Beck Charwood. Make sure you check her out on all the socials. And I'll be talking to you straight after this music. Hello and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at the greatest compilation series Australia has ever produced, the 100% Hits compilation series. My name is Josh Earl and this week, very special guest, please welcome into your ears, it's Beck Charwood everyone, yay! Hello, hello, pleasure to be here talking about all the hits. <laughs> now, you're, you're into music though, aren't you? Yes, I freaking, what, I love it. I'd say I listen to it, you know, at least once a week. Oh, that's um, good, yeah, the <laughs> listeners will love that, yeah. <laughs> But it's, all, it's always weird because everyone, you know, everyone likes music, but there are some people who like, because you do, do you do trivia or I know because I try to book you and you're like, I'm off to music trivia with my mum. And I thought that was very cool. Yes. Well, that was uh, my first time ever actually playing music trivia because I've run a music trivia night for six years. That's what uh, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. At Public House, Petersham every Wednesday. Come on down. It's a great time. But this was my first time playing it and it was at my mum. She lives on a, she lives on a very small, like, island in the the north of Sydney and it was just at her community hall there with I'm gonna say 
10 other people all above the age of 60. Yeah. And she was bragging. She's like, my daughter's been on Spicks and Specks and she was a writer <laughs> and she's produced, you know, a music game show and she does music trivia. So watch out, everyone. And I was like, don't talk a big game, mum. I guarantee yeah. none of these questions are going to be geared to me on my taste. I'm the same. Like, I'm a big music fan. But when I, when I was a guest on Spicks and Specks, it was the thing of, like, I just want to be funny. Yeah. I want to be fu- funny on this. And like people are like, going, oh no, you'll you'll try and win it, won't you? I'm like, no, my role on here is just to try and be funny. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I wish I was that true to the craft of comedy. Because <laughs> I started out with that mindset and then got so into the game at the end. You can see me switch of like, I'm gonna take you all fucking down. <laughs> yeah. Now, so what what would be your area of expertise then? I would say pop. I love yeah, pop through and through. That's uh where my spirit lies. My specialty would be uh early to mid two thousands really shitty pop. I'm talking yeah. like Paris Hilton, uh Sophie Monk, uh Macklemore. I love I love a bit of dirty trashy pop. <laughs> no. Well we're we're a decade before that today. Yes, yes. We're talking side B of volume ten. Now, it's been two weeks since I've recorded an episode. Yes, because you had a travel night. You were stuck in another country. I mean, barely. Tell everyone what happened to you. So for the listener, you might have been hearing a few weeks ago that I was saying, yeah, I'm going to Budapest. Can't wait to go to Budapest. It's going to be amazing. I didn't get there. So I I flew Finnair and I didn't know Finnair, their carrier out of Australia was Jetstar. I booked through a travel agent. I thought, oh, I better do this properly because, you know, I don't want to get stuck. Yeah. So I booked through a travel agent and the Finnair was a carrier. And then uh, they were like, all right, so you're flying Melbourne to Singapore on Jetstar. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't, I wouldn't have done that. Uh, How long is that flight? Nine hours. Oh, no, no, no. I just did the five hours to Perth on Jetstar and I lost all feeling in my legs and brain by the end of the trip. Well, it was two hours delayed, although they didn't say on the board that it was being delayed, but the guy next to me had his phone, had the flight track, and was like, oh, this is delayed, just so you know. Oh and I'm like, that's all right. My connecting flight had a four-hour gap, so I'll be fine. The person at the desk, the steward, no one had told her why they were delayed. So she just had people coming up to her the whole time go, what's going on? She goes, I, don't, I know as much as you do. I'm sorry. And then she finally made an announcement uh, over saying, hey, we're going to be delayed. Uh, we're late getting out of Bali. So there. And a woman kind of went up to her and said, what was that? And she goes, oh, I just said we're delayed. She goes, oh, well, I didn't hear it because I had my headphones on. And I was like, well, that's not this person's fault. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, my and God. And I, I was tweeting. I was saying I wouldn't last a day in this job. Flight should be a million dollars. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So we get on board. And then we're on board for about half hour, no air conditioning on. And <gasps> then the captain comes on, the pilot, I should say, says, oh, yeah, just so you know, the ground staff have just started striking. So half the bags are on and half off, half half on. So we just have to get word if we can get another crew to come in and put the remainder of the bags on. If it's going to be more than an hour, I can't fly the flight because it goes over my allotted time I'm allowed to work. So we might have to get new, we might not have to get new uh, cabin crew as well. Oh my God. And everyone's like, what the fuck's going on? And then you're... Bags are being loaded by traders to the union. Even yeah. worse. Even worse. Well, everyone was going, hey, we'll just go out and put them on. We'll just chuck the bags on. And like, no, you can't You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, there's so, actually some, I don't know, safety protocols for running around underneath yeah. the plane. <laughs> 50 minutes in, we get a, uh, another announcement saying, we've found someone. They're going to do it. Okay. So we waited another. So it was two and a bit hours on 
on, on the plane. On the plane, no air conditioning. And you're all, uh, and you're going on a nine hour nine hour flight. Oh my God. So I've missed my connecting flight. <laughs> missed it. So I land. The flight's fine. I land. The flight's have fine. A, the You've fine. been tortured so much at this yeah. point. <laughs> I'm kind of still enjoying the process. I'm like, this is fine. I get an email from Finnair saying, hey, these are the new rescheduled flights. You'll have to get a, a, a hotel voucher from the desk when you're in Singapore. And so I have 20 hours. I've missed my flight. So I've, my flight's in another 20 hours. So I get a hotel. I have to wait an hour and a half for a hotel voucher. And then I go to get my bag and they're like, oh, we don't know where it is. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, well, if it was on a connecting flight, it's on that flight. I'm like, well, I don't know how the bag could get on the flight. If I and can't. I couldn't get on the flight. Oh, my God. But there's a bunch of us in the same situation going, well, we're here. We're stuck here. Some people are stuck there for two days. And well, we, I need some clothes and stuff like that. And so they finally find it. But they, the guy finds the room and just goes and gets them individually. So I go, oh, what's your name? All right. Goes and finds that bag. Instead of just going, all the bags that were from Melbourne, put them on yep. and we'll take them out. No. It- <laughs> One at a time. Some so people another- just forget about their luggage. Some people don't even worry. They get to their holiday and say, you know what? I'm so relaxed. I don't want my medication, my toothbrush, my underwear. Fuck it. So it's now about 3.34 in the morning and I'm like so tired. I get in a taxi. The taxi driver is the oldest person I've ever met in my life. Oh, no. He's so- and he has a plastic bag hanging over his like uh, indicator uh, arm on the on the car as he's driving. And every time we stop, he spits in it like a big, like hunk. Oh. At this stage, I'm finding this hilarious. I think this is the funniest thing ever. Like, I'm like, I, this is this is great. This is just yeah, brilliant. This is shouldn't be driving age. Is what no. I, I know. Any elderly listeners might be angry at that statement, but it's true. <laughs> so I check in my hotel. My hotel's lovely. It's a really nice hotel. I sleep. I'm. I, I go to sleep about five o'clock. By the time I check in, all the stuff. My body clock wakes me up at 7 a.m. So I have two hours sleep. And I'm like, all right, I'm in Singapore. I like Singapore. Let's go for a walk. Tommy Daslow's in Singapore at the time. We catch up for lunch. Right. It's great. So I have lunch and then I go, all right, I better get to the airport, do all this stuff. My flight out was at 6 o'clock. So I thought, I'll eat in between. So I'm going now Singapore to Kuala Lumpur, Kuala Mm -hmm. Lumpur to Istanbul, Istanbul, Budapest. That was my new flight Oh, there's still three more flights to happen? Yeah. Oh my god! So I, the one from Singapore to Kuala Lumpur is an fifty minutes. Yeah. So I'm like, I've got three hours to check in to my next flight. I'll check in. I'll go get some food. Be great. I land. I check in, or I go to check in. That you're not on this flight. I'm like, what do you mean? I've just flown from Singapore to Kuala Lumpur, and like, no, you're not booked in. And I'm like, but I've got the email here saying I'm booked in, and like. No, we can't find you. You have to you have to call Finnair and get them to sort this out. Finnair hasn't been anywhere this whole time. They're not no. going to save you. <laughs> so I've I call them up. The first person has no idea what I'm talking about. They're like, "No, no, you're on the flight. Just go and tell them you're on the flight." I'm like, "All right." So I've been on hold for half hour. I'm worried that my phone's going to run out of battery because it's like different charging ports. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, keeping a charged phone is the the hardest yeah. part of travel. So I go back to the desk. They're like, look, we found your name, but you're under requested ticket, not confirmed. So you have to get Finnair to actually confirm this ticket with Turkish Airlines so we can put you on the flight. I'm like, all right. So I call Finnair again saying, this is what you need to do. They're like, no, Turkish Air has to do that. And I'm like, what do I? And they're like, we'll call Turkish Air. 
So I'm like, that's another half hour. So it's two and a half hours before the flight leaves. So I call Turkish Airlines. I press English. The person on the line, good on them. They've, they've got got this job, but they cannot speak English. Okay. They have no idea no. what I'm trying to explain to them. And I'm like, all right. I go back to the desk and I'm like, Turkish Air are no good. And they're like, you don't need to call Turkish Air. Finnair has to do this. So I get through. I get through another person. They're like, nah, you can't, you can't get on this. Like, that's Turkish Air. I hang up. I'm like, I'm just going to give them one more time. So I call up, try and get a different person at Finnair. Finally get someone who knows what they're doing. They're like, yep, we have to send the email. Stay on the line. He gets back to me. You're on. You're on the flight. There's an hour before the flight takes off. Great. I, I sprint to the desk. They're like, sorry, this flight's closed. I'm like, it's an hour to go. It's and they an- said, yeah, international, you've got to be here two hours before. We've just closed the gate. I'm like, I've only got hand luggage. Because I, I was like, I'm going to pack everything into one, one bag now. Yeah, I didn't you can't get stuck risk it. Again. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, sorry, you can't get on the flight. And so I, then I'm like, I'm almost... I, I'm almost in tears. I don't cry. I'm, I'm about almost. to cry and I wasn't even there. I'm going to throw up, Josh. What the it, hell? It's now like 11.30 at night and I've realised I've not eaten since lunchtime. And so I'm a bit like my blood sugar's all over the place. You're getting cranky. I, I call my brother saying, hey, I'm going to miss your wedding. I can't, I can't get oh, there. Oh, it's for a wedding? Yeah, it's for my brother's wedding. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So I call back up Finnair saying, what's going on? Can you? I've missed this flight because of you guys, and they're like, "No, no, you're on that flight. We can, it's confirmed. You're now a Turkish Airlines passenger. You're no longer a Finn Airlines passenger." <laughs> and that at that point, I'm like, "Fuck this! I'm not get. I, I'm. I want to go home." So I, I walk across. There's a hotel at the airport. Mm. I wasn't expected to be in Malaysia. I didn't. I didn't do any planning on Malaysia. No. And so I just walk up and say, "Oh, can I have a, a room for the night?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's six hundred and sixty." And I was like, well, I've got to pay it. What else am I going to do? I'm not going to fucking go anywhere. I'm like, yeah. Turns out, different currency. Okay. Like not Because I've been in Singapore. The Singapore dollar is pretty much the same as the Australian dollar. Yeah, yeah. They've got the dirhiot, which is like a third of a dollar. Like okay. 30, 33 cents for, yeah. Anyway, so it's 220 bucks, which is fine. But then I book a flight back home the next morning. Uh, and that flight back from Kuala Lumpur to Melbourne was more than my initial round trip to Budapest and back. So, Yeah. It oh sucked. I hated it so much. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Josh, how are you still not crying? <laughs> oh, here's the other thing. Travel insurance, they don't do anything for you. You still got to do it all. Like I just said, I sent through my receipt saying, oh, can you figure this out so I can get my money back? Because Finnair have now accepted responsibility. So, yeah, yeah, we did stuff up. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll refund you. But I'm like, cool. But they're saying that could take 12 to 16 weeks. And so I've got hotels. My flight back, I want travel insurance for because I'm like, well, that yeah. was because of these guys stuffed up. Uh, and travel insurance are like, oh, no, you've got to figure that out with the airline. And I'm like, what What am I paying you for? This is ridiculous. Yeah, so, what was anyway. the reason? What was the reason? Oh, my yeah. God. I am so sorry. I'm, anyway. I know I wasn't any part of it, but I would like to apologize on behalf of every air pair ever that fucked you around. Ready to talk about some pop music? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I need Here we a, go. a big old palate cleanser. <laughs> now, we're talking side B of volume 10. So this is 90, 93. Yes. All right. I so was just, not born yet. We've, that's all right. The <laughs> listeners will like you hearing these songs, maybe for the first time. I've only good. heard, th- I know I've heard three of them before. Yeah. And then I think 
two or three others. Once I hear it, I'll be like, oh, that song. Well, you definitely would have heard this band maybe at the uh, your mum's uh, over 60 trivia night. <laughs> this is Crowded House and their song, Distant Sun. Yep, I can confirm. You've heard this. Definitely crowded house. Come around yep. and spin my talk time and again, time and again. No fire where I lit my spark. I am not afraid of the dark. Where your words devour my heart and put me to shame, put me to shame. Very nice song. Very nice song. That strumming at the start sounds like so many like alt songs from the 90s. Yeah. At first I was like, is this Cheryl Crow? <laughs> is this? It really sounded a lot like an eagle-eyed cherry song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Nana Cherry's brother, right? Eagle-eyed cherry? I think it is. Oh, that would make a lot of sense. That would yeah. make a lot of sense. <laughs> So this was the first single from their album Together Alone. So this was the follow-up to Woodface. Now, Woodface was huge. Mm. This one doesn't get talked about that much. Yeah, well, Even dare though... I say, I definitely have never heard that song before. Oh, you never heard this song before? No. Okay, so th- this was the first single, and they had six singles from this album. So it's got some really good songs on the album, but as an album, they don't people don't really talk about Together Alone. It charted at number two, but didn't go to number one, which you, I just kind of thought, Crowded House in the 90s, Everyone everyone loved Crowded House. Yeah, didn't they just like absolutely tear up the forecourt, the opera house? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah they're ma- that was their massive uh, we are retiring for a oh, few years. Because that was a party. couple of years later, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was yeah, like yeah. 96, I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe if you guys are bloody put it at number one, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Well, this went to number four in New Zealand, which, you know, it makes sense, yeah. uh, the Finn brothers, and number five in Canada. It was big in Canada as well. Uh, it, so this was um, produced by, they went with a new producer this time, a guy called Youth, real name Martin Glover. He was a member of Killing Joke, member of The Firemen, which is Paul McCartney's other band. What? And he was in a band uh, with members of the KLF. These are the, some of the artists he's like, produced their albums for. The Verve. Marilyn Manson, U2, what? Bjork's band, The Sugar Cubes, and like just so many bands. Like he's like just had his fingers on them all the time. But uh, they flew, they recorded this very isolated in New Zealand mm. at a place called Care Care Beach, Kerry Kerry Beach, I think it's called. And when Youth arrived, he spent three days absolutely freaking out, going, "I'm at the end of the world, and I don't know how to cope with this." I'm isolated from everywhere. And Paul Hester, the drummer, was like going, it was quite funny actually. We were just <laughs> kind of playing our nice songs and he's just having a fucking freak out in the booth. 
Well, I mean, that's similar to when I go to Perth every single time. I'm just like, I'm so far away from everything I love and own. And I'm for re- I get it. I get it, youth. I, I would be youth in that situation. See, I'm, I'm surprised you've not heard this song because uh, have you heard the compilation She Will Have Her Way, which is a bunch of uh, Australian New Zealand artists, female artists, uh, doing crowded house songs and split, split end songs. I can't say I have. See, I know uh, songs melodically, lyrically, yeah. and some and most of the titles. The artist is where it gets foggy. The album yeah. is where it drops off completely. And then any fact on there, unless it's like a gossip about a divorce uh, or a yeah. breakup, it's darkness down there. <laughs> well, Brooke Fraser, a New Zealand singer, does this cu- this song on that compilation album. But she doesn't do the whole song because there's a line in it about God striking vengeance and she's very, very Christian and so she didn't feel it was appropriate. So she said, I'm not going to do that line. But God is – I'm sure they mentioned that in the Bible as well. Oh, I think think, uh, the first half of the Bible is pretty much all about it. Yeah. yeah. Some of these Christians, they love to just edit little parts out. (laughs) All right, Distant Sun, good song. Good song, love it. All right, moving on. Now this is very much a – Hey, if you're going to take our big hit, you're going to have to take our follow-up hit. So we've already talked about <laughs> Four Non Blondes and their song What's Up with Ben Russell. This is the follow-up single. This is called Spaceman. And when you're talking about 90s drum guitars, nothing sounds more 90s drum than this song. Here we go. Like, it came up slowly, but it was so big at the end in the voice. I I felt like that was the first time I was hearing surround sound. My God. (laughs) So that's Linda Perry's. Uh, We talked about it last week. She's now songwriter to the stars, written a whole bunch of songs for, uh, like, Christina Aguilera, Pink, uh, uh, James Blunt. She's responsible for James Blunt. What? Well, she's not responsible, but she's written songs with him and kind of put him out. Yeah, don't put that on Linda Perry, please. (laughs) So this was this is your absolute like sophomore slump kind of single song where uh, What's Up got to number one. This song only made it to eighty five on the Aria charts. That makes that makes sense. I agree with that. <laughs> it make, yeah, it does make sense. But it is that thing you think. Oh, surely you get a little bit of a bump because the first one was so popular. Yeah. Go, oh yeah. Well, this is the second one. Let's let's listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a spaceman, it does feel very far away from. <laughs> What's up by Four Non Blondes? Yeah, so so uh, we last time when we were talking about this band, Ben Russell hates hates this hates this band, hates What's Up as a For song. For what reason? 
because uh, I think he heard it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but you know who else isn't a fan of the band Four Non Blondes? Who? Linda Perry. She, what? She said she was really disappointed in the uh, how they recorded them. They said, she goes, uh, it was fluffy, polished bullshit, which is their album Bigger, Better, Faster, More. Oh, is that the one with the train that's like yeah. crashed on the front? Yeah. That is it. Yeah. Like a drawing of it. Yeah. Ah, did you know with um the song What's Up? And sorry if you covered this on Ben Ruff- Russell's episode, no. but when Linda Perry wrote that song and was playing it in her share house where every single musician lives, uh, yeah. her housemate was having a rumor to have you having sex at the time, heard her playing the song, stopped and went out to say, that's a really good song. Oh, yeah. We talked, we talked about who that housemate was. He was in the band Third Eye Blind. Oh, what? So he wrote Semi Charm Kind of Life, yeah. And we talked about last time where they both played each other those songs and didn't realise that it, in that little share house they were playing songs that sold over 15 million copies. Wow. That's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. I love Semi Charmed Life. I use that as my uh, vocal warm up on the way to gigs because the lyrics <laughs> are so fast. How do you think that you would feel uh, having a song so good that people are going to stop rooting because of it. I think that's, that's when you quit. I don't think you can get higher than that. I, my uh, friend of mine who goes by the name, the bedroom philosopher, he has, you might know he does musical comedy and he had an album out and he said that he, a friend like had it on, but he had like, this was back in the days of CDs and he had like it on shuffle and a song of his came on as they were doing it. And his girlfriend stopped and said, you got to turn this off. I cannot have sex to a novelty song. <laughs> yeah. You can't have sex to a comedy song. Oh no. my God. Oh my God. But, but, it, but if you could, which one would you choose? Oh, okay. Which one would it be? Far out. Look, maybe Four Courts by Tripod <laughs> for the only fact of like, I mean, there's nothing too weird in there. It's just a lot of songs. Mashed yep. together, there's... By Axis of Awesome, I think you'll find. Oh, Axis of Awesome. So, oh, my God. Edit that out. Edit that out. Fucking hell. Um, but don't. the tripod stands are going to come for me. <laughs> well, you're right, because Tripod did do a similar song. Oh. Just wasn't as big as the Four Chords one. Oh, so they've ripped it off of each other. I think there's, a, there's a, pretty much anyone who starts doing musical comedy realises that songs share a similar chord structure. Uh, but I will say Axis of Awesome did it better than anyone else. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, similar to the what if Lion King was Australian joke that is regularly yeah. passed around by, I'm going to say, upwards of seven comedians at this yeah. point. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's move on. Wait, what would be series. your comedy oh. song that you root to? Mm, okay, I was thinking uh, Chris Franklin's Bloke. <laughs> That'd be all right. Uh, <laughs> Asshole by Dennis Leary. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's actually um, good because that d- almost passes as just a regular indie song. Oh. I know, no, I, I've got it. My United States of whatever, because it's short, okay? Yes. It's like, I can say, I, I went the whole song. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. that, was, that was enough. <laughs> oh, what about, does Peaches by uh, the President of the United States oh. of America count as a comedy song? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I get down to Peaches. <laughs> Here we go. Now, this is uh, probably, of all the songs we're going to listen to, one of, one of my favourites, it's definitely up there, top two. This is... Tony, 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 and their song, <laughs> If I Had No Loot. Oh, I know this song. Yeah, it's good. And you can do Jack Swing on my next. And if the shoe fits, I want you to wear the wig good. 
It's such a fun song. It's so fun. I cannot make out. Is it just me? I cannot make out a single lyric in any of <laughs> so many of these like uh, kind of R&B a boy group specifically in the nineties. Um, such great bops, the most talented vocals. Like, so yeah. I'm like, don't do not know what you're saying, boys. Not a clue. Well, you might you might hear one line, which is actually a sample from Ice Cube's song, uh, "The Wrong N Word to Fuck With," because uh, they use the sample of that song, which is him saying, "And you can New Jack swing on my nuts," <laughs> yeah, which is interesting because. I remember hearing this on the radio as a as a little kid, never picking up that whether or not it was edited for the radio. They but you would think with a song so poppy like this song, it would have been a thing going, Oh, can we can we actually put this in? Is this gonna get us like banned from um some, you know, commercial radio play? Yeah. God damn. Uh, but all these bands, so there's like Tony Tony Tony, D La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, this kind of hip hop which kind of just got swamped by your more gangster rap and then like even the West Coast, East Coast, that kind of battle. And then there was always these kind of ones in between just going, oh, we're just having fun. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Tony, 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 were they all called Tony? You would think so. How many of the three do you think were called Tony? I am going to say at least, I'm going to go one and a half. One's definitely Tony and one's almost Tony and there's a no oh, one Tony might be in Anthony there. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, zero. Zero oh. of them are actually called Tony. <laughs> There's Dwayne Wiggins, mm-hmm. uh, Raphael Sadiq, who was born Charles Wiggins, but he's now Raphael Sadiq, who's gone on. He's still got a career. He's still doing stuff. He's actually really well respected in the industry. And their cousin, Timothy Christian. <laughs> yeah. Timothy Christian? Yeah. Uh, if you, uh, you could pay me a million dollars to guess if there was anyone... <laughs> With a name as white as Timothy Christian in that group. So, look, I, I call them Tony, Tony, Tony. They could be called Tony, Tony, Tone, but there is a little, like, not an umlaut, but there's a, like, a apostrophe above the N and the E in tone. So I think that makes it an E sound. Right. I'm going to say. Listeners. Guys. You've been so good at correcting me. So if I'm wrong on this one, feel free to correct me. But, yeah. Uh, so this is from their album Sons of Soul. Time magazine called it the album of the year in 1993. Oh, my God. The album of the year? Yep, by Time Magazine. Holy moly. And they they always award the best uh, with their awards. You know, like, you know, they gave Hitler person of the year in 1930, whatever it was. And, uh, yeah. Did they? (laughs) Yes. Oh, They're not saying it's the best person. They're just saying this is the person who's, like, Grab the headlines the most. That's why D- Donald Trump won it in like 2016 right. or 2017. Okay, or whatever it was. okay, yeah. okay. Like, right. They need not... to change that title. They need I know. To... <laughs> yeah. Most talked about. Just get most talked about. But yeah, I'm a big fan of that song. Okay. Now, oh, this is. We spoke novelty songs. This is something of a novelty song. Oh. This is Efwa and their only hit, Somewhere. Somewhere. Oh. What is this melody? One day you'll meet that person and you'll know. I mean, they don't come up to you and say, I am the person. But you'll know because you've seen that face and heard that laugh and been lost in those eyes. Somewhere. 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 
They're just around the corner, but if you break into a run every time you get to a corner, you won't find them because they're not there yet. They're somewhere. somewhere. Sounds like something I would make on Garage Band. It's like being spiked. Because you don't really know what's going on. And I was 18 at the time, so I really didn't know what was happening. Anyway, I saw him and I just thought, oh, if he doesn't kiss me, I'll die. So I followed him to the men's room and he said it me and I said it him. And we go for dinner and then we go for it. Full on room service love. We're talking swoon, croon, <laughs> moon in June. We're talking Mills and Boone, man. We're talking love. 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 What is happening? It is. What is happening? <laughs> All right, we'll pause it there. It, uh, it's a narrative story. It's 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 a story of a girl meets boy, goes, follows him to the bathroom. They go, they have sex, and then do you want me to spoil it for you? Um, yes. Uh, you know what? Go ahead. I don't think I'll ever listen to it again. Go. <laughs> he has a wife and kids, and shows them, and yeah. Wow. And that's oh. that's the that's the story of somewhere by Fwa. I mean, an honest, vulnerable story. It has the tone of like you know when a very drunk person is trying to tell you a story, and they're just at the start again missing all of the beats. It starts in the wrong place. It starts with a lesson rather than establishing any sort of context, and then all of a sudden you're hearing too many details. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, how do we get here? <laughs> I remember this song. I remember seeing this song when I was 12 years old. And look, I'd never seen anything like this. I was intrigued. I thought, this is this music? This is yeah, what you can do? That's yeah. a great question. Is this music? I really liked it. And I look, I, I'm, I'm on record as saying I like, my favourite style of music is like narrative rock. Okay. Right. Rock, like heavy kind of rock. That, not heavy as in like Stone Temple Pilots, that kind of stuff. But like bands like McCluskey, bands like um, Art Brute, all that kind of stuff. Where it's like, it's quite funny. It tells a story, and it's energetic. There's a there's a energy there. This is similar to that. It's kind of yeah. tells a story. It's funny and it's it's upbeat. It's poppy and yeah. But I think it's very also um, beat poetry. Like you yes. could do that and have people in the audience doing a bit of the clicks, going, "Yeah, I appreciate this." Yeah, yeah. The word repetition. People going, "Wow, yeah. isn't that an amazing device?" Also, I feel though it's uh, when you think of one-hit wonders, you go, "Well, what else does can this band do?" Yeah, yeah. What else did? Do they have any other hits? Did they have any other songs? They had three other songs. Uh, none of them were hits, but they did play on Jules Holland. So for the Jules Holland, so is a UK show where Jules Holland is the band leader and just gets acts on and they play, and it's a really great music show. And they play on this, and it's actually really great. I mean. F.Y.R. Baker is the lead singer and she's a really good dancer and they've got like a backing, like they've got a little like backing vocalist doing the moves and then three other dancers with her and then a full live band and it looks cool and she's very cool. Yeah. Well, it makes sense that they have to have something visually going on here to pull this across the line. (laughs) But she's, she's no longer doing music, but this is what she, she's, kind of semi-famous in the UK in that she is a fitness expert who was on a TV show called Fat Nation. Oh, my God. And it's all about her, a bit like Tiffany Hall in Australia, just like upbeat, not shaming people for being like, she's not like 
the commando who's like yeah. going to yell at her. Just going, no, let's. I'll show you how you can do exercise around your house. So the one I watched was her teaching a woman to how to get up off her chair and hold it in a, like a hollow hold kind of thing and then sit back down and do that 10 times a day. She goes, and you'll feel it. And it's just... The whole show is little things like that. Oh, hell, the good kind of fitness expert. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, because she knows it's on TV, so she wants them watching TV still. She's, yeah. She's smart. <laughs> she knows where her bread buttered. Keep them in the biz. <laughs> and uh, the last thing she's credited on IMDb is that she was the physical trainer on the film The Batman. No. Yeah. That's so amazing. She worked with Robert Patterson. Oh, my God, jealous. Okay, she kind of has my ideal career. Um, yeah. <laughs> She, she's good. Song, I don't know. Not so much. <laughs> All right, moving on. Oh, possibly the biggest song on this on this song on this album. This is "Dreams" by Gabrielle. They can come true. Yeah. Oh, such a bop! It is, isn't it? So, is this one of the songs that you knew? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'd be a crime not to know this song. On, get to the good bit. Yeah. Here it is. Excellent stuff. So good. So good. I do have a question, though. So we've got the dreams can come true because you know you got to have them. You know you got to be strong. Dreams can come true. What is the little a bit of lyrics at the end there? It's like, because I've just been like, that's what I sing every single time. All right. I'm going to look it up. I'm one of these people. I don't really um, take lyrics in. I just right. kind of like like the melody. Yeah. Well, that one in particular, uh, yeah, it's that little bit at the end has never been important to me until this moment now. I was like, I should probably look into that. <laughs> Dreams can come true. Look at me, babe. I'm with you. You know you got to have hope. You know you got to be strong. Dreams can come true. Look at me, babe. I'm with you. Uh, I've seen you sometimes on your own and in crowds. I knew I had to have you. My hopes didn't let you down. So I think it just re- like the chorus just repeats the same line. Yeah. I think she just puts a bit of bit of stank on the strong at the end. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so here's, here's how this song came about, okay? So she was in a club performing Luther Vandross covers. Nice. And a woman came up to her at the end of the set and said, this is as good as it's going to get for you. <gasps> what a bitch. What a bitch. I mean, also, some of the most horrid things have been said to me after gigs as well by people thinking it's a compliment. <laughs> so... She was a bit disheartened, so went home and wrote the first lines of Dreams in her diary. And then her and another singer, this is a short while after, a woman called Jackie King, uh, got an opportunity to make her record in a studio in Surrey. And 
the producer who was a guy called Tim Laws was impressed by Gabrielle's voice, not so much Jackie King's, and so asked her to come back later. And then she sang the first lines of Dreams and he just did a backing track and used the sample of Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. <gasps> That's why it sounds familiar. Yeah. And so the very first uh, pressing of this, when they just made it as a demo, had that and they couldn't get it cleared. But people on the internet have found it. And do you want to hear it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is the original. <laughs> you can't do that. Come on. So that is just fast car. That's just, That's the just fast, fast car. car. With a bit of bass over the top. And some chimes. Yeah. Longer intro. Yeah, it's way lo- yeah. This is already a minute into the song. Oh my god. Dire straight style. There it so is. Straight to the chorus, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. That's, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you're like, come on, guys. You can't, like. <laughs> well, I don't know, because you can just sample stuff. But yeah, the fact yeah. that you've just used the. Very famous chords at the start. People go, oh, this is Fast Car. Oh, no. Yeah. Someone's doing some other lyrics over top of it. Yeah. Well, that's coming back now as well. There's so many songs that are just a beat for beat, exactly yeah. the same. Like, oh, what's the new BB Rexa song that's like, I'm good, and it's just, I'm Blue Dubba Dee Dubba Die by Eiffel 65. Yeah. And you're like, come. And it, she's, <laughs> this is the annoying thing. BB Rexa is a huge songwriter she's like a really good pop songwriter yeah and it's like you can't even you can't even write your own song come on this is crazy uh one more fact about gabrielle uh she wore a patch on her eye she she, did yeah because she had a lazy eye and so she uh said she wore like a comfort blanket so she didn't have to talk about all the time oh cool and that would have just looked cool in the 90s yeah it was all bedazzled and everything Wow, a lot of people confuse, I think, her and Desiree. Yes. Because they have, yeah, pretty, mildly similar vocal styles. All right, we're going to go for a break. We're going to come back after these messages. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. All right. We talked about this band. We haven't played a song of theirs yet, but we did talk about them the other week. Uh, when we were talking about E17. Now, this is a little band called the Pet Shop Boys and their song, a cover of Go West. 
First song to sample seagulls in the compilation so such a dumb song it's so dumb but i love it i love the pet shop boys so much i never did as a kid but i do i do now i appreciate them now yeah it's it's well-crafted pop music yeah Um, yeah. i think it's definitely an adult band i think it's like something because i only started appreciating it when uh a couple of years ago i was living in a share house and we just played the only like 80s and early 90s pop at house parties and it, the Pet Shop Boys were on such heavy rotation particularly always their cover of Always on My Mind yeah oh so good uh, so this uh, this started because I were asked to perform at an AIDS charity event at the Hacienda in Manchester and so they chose this as a song to do there and uh, Neil Tennant lead singer couldn't remember the lyrics but had such a fun time going yeah let's let's record it and release it as a single mm. So that's how it came about. Uh, this is a bit of – we talked about him uh, with Zan, but this is a bit of background on Neil Tennant. So in the mid-'80s, he was the editor of Smash Hits magazine. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was a journalist and then uh, – right. And he got his start in music because he went and interviewed um, uh, Robert Orlando – not Tony Orlando, Robert Orlando. Anyway, a big producer and said, actually, I've got some songs and kind of went, here you go, have a listen to them. And yeah, they want, oh, these are actually good. So let's come back over and we'll record some music. Whoa. Yeah. That's like but, uh, the on paper version of <laughs> someone hearing you sing and then poking their head around the corner and being, that was amazing. <laughs> you yeah. should do this professionally. <laughs> so this song got really good reviews everywhere except Smash Hits magazine. What? Yeah. The hell. Two out of five. And they said, this is what they said said about Neil and Chris have dug up an old village people hit from the seventies and changed it from a sing-along disco number to a dot, dot, dot sing-along disco number. And what will be wrong with that? And what would be so wrong? Sing-along disco numbers are still killers. Well, this is, this is my thinking. Mm. So Neil Tennant used to work at the magazine. Yes. Now huge pop star. This guy, Gavin Reeve works at the magazine. He must be thinking, that fucking thinks he's too good for us here. I'll fucking show Neil Tennant. I'll fucking, I'll rip him up at every chance I get. There must be like 
there'd be people who would have worked with him and went, oh, well, I didn't think he was that talented, but oh, okay, I guess he, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's always those people in the wings just being like, oh, yeah, they're not as good as I think they are. It's yeah. like, okay, I showed up late to work a couple of times. Are you going to hold that against me forever? Are you going to disregard who I am as an artist forever? Also, uh, do you know the actor David Tennant? Yes. No. Not, not his real name. His real name's David McDonald, but he named himself David Tennant after Neil Tennant. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and they're brothers. <laughs> no. No, because he went to join uh, what's called Equity, which is like the actor's kind of uh, guild, and uh, there was already another David McDonald. So he went, oh, I'll, I'll choose a stage name. I'll be David Tennant. Oh, great stage name. Great pick. Yeah. I love him even more now. Yeah. Uh, also, um, Neil Tennant is uh, big on um, calling things out when he sees injustices. And his big one now is ageism. He reckons there's too much age, ageism in the music industry. Oh. And he said he's had people, this is back in 2013, radio people saying, hey, we love your music and we wish we could play it, but you're just too old for our demographic. And he's like going, it's just music. You don't see me on the radio. Yeah. Just play it. Yeah. What are you talking about? That being said, though, the hashtag who is Neil Young. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pretty hurtful. <laughs> Pretty goddamn hurtful. But also uh, the whole situation, I was like, Neil Young, you are acting like an old man right now. <laughs> so what was he? His thing was because Joe Rogan got paid $110 million. Yeah, for, to be on Spotify. on Spotify. And then yeah. he was, Joni Mitchell was the first to be like, well, take my songs off Spotify. And yeah. it just kind of felt weird because it's like, there's a bunch of people on Spotify who have done, artists who have done awful, Awful. Uh, like, Phil Spector's music is available on Spotify. You're going to draw the line at Joe Rogan? <laughs> it's. I have no... I don't know anything about Joe Rogan, mm. okay? All I know is his, his YouTube clips always come up in my algorithm, even though I've never clicked on it. Oh, so obviously same someone here. at YouTube. Someone at YouTube is obviously pushing this agenda to get it out. Um, but it always just seems like he's just a, a dumb guy trying to understand stuff. Yeah, Oh, he's like, he's, I think that's why he's so popular is because he's just a dude who has been given the platform to ask all of middle of the road questions to the oh, yeah. most intelligent people of all time. I'm a dumb guy who doesn't understand stuff. Yeah. I'm not having a go at him. I'm like, that's me as well. But yeah, I don't have $110 million from Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Spotify, if you're listening, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> all right, moving on. Oh, another absolute banger. This is Salt and Pepper and their song, Shoop. Oh, one of my favourite preludes to a song at all time. Help makes me want to shoot, 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 sh
It is so good. So good, so good. And may I say, I think we should bring shoop back as a word for fucking. <laughs> well, this is the thing. They've been asked what shoop meant when it came out, and they're like, oh, it's a state, of, it's, a, it's a vibe. It's a state, of, it's whatever you want it to be. But in the early 90s, there was a shoop revival. Yeah. Like, and no one really knows it. So that we had the shoop shoop song, yes. which Cher did in, um, I think the movie's called Mermaids. Yes. I think, yep. Whitney Houston. Exhale, shoop, shoop. Mm-hmm. And then I also found another singer, a guy called Michael Cooper, who had a song in 92, which is a year before this, called Shoop, Shoop, Never Stop Giving Love. Well, that just spells it right out for you. I think shooping is absolutely just fucking, but it's a yeah. cooler, more subtle, like coded way to say it. Yeah. So Salt and Pepper, we've, we've talked about them, I think, three episodes so far, mm. you know, on three different episodes. Haven't talked about how they kind of got together, though. Oh, how did they get together? I don't know this. They met, like, so Salt and Pepper, so Salt, Pepper, and, and Spinderella. DJ Spinderella, who is kind of estranged from the band now. Right. Yeah, I two, have was, noticed that. Yeah, there were two Spinderellas. They did, a few years ago, they did a life t- lifestyle or lifetime biopic on Salt and Pepper, and Spinderella wasn't really in the movie at all. Right. They kind of just focused on the both the Salt and, and the, the pepper. pepper. Anyway, so uh, they met, they went to the same college and uh, Salt was very loud and was talking about this job she's got at a call centre and if anyone wanted to work. And so Pepper was like, yeah, I'll work in this call centre. And they got a dollar for every person they signed on. So in this call centre, there was Salt and Pepper. There was also the comedian and actor Martin Lawrence working what? there as well. And the guys from Kid and Play. Do you know Kid and Play? No. Kid and Play were an early, late 80s, early 90s hip-hop group. Kind of in the same vein as your Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Ah. They, I actually think they, because they did movies called House Party. There was like three House Party movies. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And uh, one, I think it was Kid had a really huge big flat top, like huge. And I think it may have been... Fresh Prince of Bel-Air may have been offered to Kid and Play first. Oh. Or their movie was offered to Kid and Play. It's one of the, it, they're, they're kind of connected in that regard. Weird. But they're all working in this call centre and saying, yeah, I want to do this. And, like, you know, if you work in a call centre, that's not, that's not your only focus. You've yeah. got other stuff. And they made a pact. Whoever gets their first break, we're bringing the rest with us. So Salt and Pepper got... Uh, their break, they were playing at uh, this club called the Inferno. And so they booked Martin Lawrence to open for him on the first night. He destroyed and did so well that he opened, the manager said, get him back for every other night. And they got three more nights. Yeah. So that's, that's a good little story where they they were like, you know, we're going to look after the people that we kind of come up with. That's so sweet. I love that. It's happened twice now in this episode. Yeah, it's good. Oh, this song as well. Uh, there's edited version because there is a rap, uh, which is on the album by a guy, uh, Otwain Roberts. And he's the one who says he's got 12 inches to a yard. And then he's, and then he rhymes that with, I'll have you sounding like a R word. Oh, so even, in, even in 93, they were like, that's too offensive to play on the radio. Yeah. that's. Yeah. Also, I'm like that. It's simp too much. Too simply too. What the twelve inches? 
you'd live a sad life. You just yeah. have so many people be like, oh, no, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I want to live to see another day. I don't want to have to take a week off work. Sorry, sir. It's not a brag at that point. No. Just not even able to run. Can't run anywhere. <laughs> it's just fall forward. You're going to get a bra for your dick or something. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Apache Indian. And he's, he's I'll probably say one hit. It's Boom Shakalak. This is one I thought I might know. Boom Shakalak, all yeah. the people them want. Woman them a flex and the man them a chat. You would know this from the, from the film Dumb and Dumber. Oh. Yes. Or maybe Dumb and Dumber 2. It's in both. both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. More than I expected to play. I love it. I wasn't mad that, at all to play it for that long. That's a great song. It is a great song. And this is another in the, the great uh, reggae revival of uh, the early 90s that was happening. Yes. Stephen Kapoor is his real name. He's still doing music. He's still really? out there. And, and he actually, so this is more of a, like a pop novelty song, but he actually has songs about serious issues as well. And so he's, uh, he's an Indian, but he's, uh, lives, lived in Birmingham. That's where he was born, in Birmingham. And his other songs deal with, there's one called Arranged Marriage, dealing with Arranged Marriage, Election Crisis, and AIDS Warning. Why? I mean, look, uh, good to be honest about what your yeah. work is about and people know what they're getting into. <laughs> but it's very funny if you go to see an Apache, Apache Indian gig and you're like, yeah, I want to hear that, that fun Boom Shakalak song. And then he's like up there talking about very serious issues. He's yeah. like, all right. It's cool. I, I just kind of want to go. This song reminds me of if I was to do a like, you know, a, a TV show like Everybody Hates Chris, where you kind of like go back in time and I'm narrating it of my life as an 11, 12 year old boy. This would be, this would set up the 90s perfectly. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. <laughs> I was you... walking into a like school social. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's absolutely going on my music trivia playlist this week, for sure. Um, so this song, Smash Hits, they gave Go West two out of five. What do you reckon they gave this? I, I'm, I reckon it's way higher. I reckon it's like a 4.5. Five out of five. Whoa! A perfect song. And I would have to agree. I think it's amazing. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I really like him. I think he's, uh, I heard him interviewed and he seems like a really uh, cool, very down to earth person who is like, do you know how some people have the one hit and they are kind of like, oh, I do more than just that one hit. Yeah. He, he seems fine with it. He's like, yeah, it gets him in the door and yeah, I've got other songs. Yeah, good. I get nothing more sick than people who it's like, no, you definitely only have one song and that's okay. You're living your whole life off three minutes. Like that's yeah. so cool. Like that's such, what a win. What a stroke yep. of luck for you. <laughs> yep. All right. Our last our last song. Now, normally they have like a novelty song at the end. Right. They haven't gone for novelty this time. No. They've gone for a disco throwback. And this is Tina Turner's Disco Inferno. <laughs> Such a great song, so it a good great. Song. I, I'm not, that's I'm not a, a big cover, disco fan, though. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. France yeah. with two M's in it first. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure uh, if it was like a dream situation, dreams Fleetwood Mac, dreams Gabrielle. Yeah. But no, it is exactly the same. <laughs> it's the same, but it, it's so funny. So Tina Turner, like this is '93. Disco was not cool at all. Like, it wasn't. I think there was a bit of like a revival once. Um, like Priscilla came out. Yes. But this was before that. And so this was uh for the this was for the film, her film, What's Love Got to Do with It. So she recorded this because it was in the film and they recorded it. Uh and that film, I didn't know it was adapted from her book called I Tina. Now, I'm not sure. Is you know the film I Tonya about Tonya yes. Harding? Is that a play on I Tina? Surely not. Where does it come from, though? The I Tina, I Tony. Is there another thing that I don't understand? Are they? Is it another play on something else? I mean, I would say, is it something to do with the movie I Robot with Will Smith? But that didn't come out till many years later. Maybe the I Tonya was based off I Robot. <laughs> it's yeah, it's 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 bizarre to me. But so this is from the film. So the film, uh, Angela Bassett played Tina Turner. She wasn't the first choice. She had to audition for it six times, she said. Oh, my God. But they initially gave it, gave the role to Whitney Houston. I mean, that does make a lot more I mean, yeah. both of them make sense, but wow. Yeah, but Whitney Houston couldn't do it because she got pregnant. Oh, and yeah. they didn't know how to hide pregnancy back in the day. No. <laughs> Actually, they still don't now. They still don't now. 
But uh, so uh, Angela Bassett got it very late in the piece. That was like she got it two weeks before they started filming, and so she was met with Tina and did all like learnt the dance moves and all that kind of stuff. But she said I didn't have enough time to learn how to sing like her. So Tina Turner was actually singing all the songs in it, and, and she was Angela just, just yeah. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne was played Ike. And he had turned it down heaps of times as well. Mm. He didn't want to do it because he thought it was such a one-dimensional character because they were like, you're just making him out like a bad, like an evil person. And I'm sure there's more to it. As an actor, I want to know like what what actually drove him to do this. And so there's a scene in it where he sees his dad uh, like beat a man to death and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but he wanted to meet up with Ike Turner and uh, they said, no, you're not going to meet up with him. We don't think it's a good idea. But Ike Turner came to the set one day. <gasps> And Lawrence Fishburne says, yeah, he came to set. Uh, he signed some autographs and I had a chat to him and I copied his walk. Imagine going to, going to the film set of a film that's painting you out to be the worst man in the world. Yeah. You know, I'll sign some autographs. This would be cool. I mean, I guess there's like not a lot of, you know, awareness going on in this guy, particularly the fact that he was an awful violent person but thought it would be completely fine to be awfully violent to someone who is well-famous and totally beloved. But here's the thing. So Tina Turner also has issues with the film, even though she was kind of like on board with it Mm. because they said it made her look like she was a weak person. And she goes, the whole time I had power. Yeah. I just, like, I knew what I wanted and I had to stay in this situation to get further in what I wanted in my career. Yeah. And there's a few inaccuracies in it. So I don't know if you've seen it. Spoiler no, alert, no, I haven't. haven't. Seen it is, it, is it a good move? I'm guessing it's not by all it, of this, no, this feedback. It's, it's, it's a good film. It's yeah. a really good film. Yeah. Um, like both Angela Bat and Lawrence Fishman were nominated for Academy Awards in it. Oh, like wow. It's, it's really good. Um, but there's a scene in it where she's singing Nutbush and as they're recording, like forces her to have sex with him. And wow. she's like, that, that didn't happen. Okay, that's... Which is wild that they could put that in and Ike turn it in and just go, well, I'm going to sue. Yeah. 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 But he didn't. Um, there's another one um, that they snuck her out of hospital um, to get married, which goes, didn't didn't happen. But this is what happened um, from her book. I'm just going to, so a few days after she checked herself out of the hospital, she discovered a woman Ike hired to replace her while she was recuperating, having, giving birth to their son, Ronnie was a prostitute using the stage name Tina Turner to get clients. And Ike reckons he didn't know that she was a sex worker. She just looked like Tina. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What a life. What a life. Wow, wow, wow. And this was all in 1962. It was another, like, 20 years before she broke through massively and became the biggest, uh, like, uh, performer in the world. Yeah. But it was still getting, I guess, local clout from the name Tina Turner. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> uh, all right. Well, that's that's the end of the album. Now, we do this every single time. I, there's nine songs there. What percentage of hits would you give it? Let's go through them all again. So we okay. started off with Distant Sun with Crowded House. Hit or not a hit? I reckon it's a hit. I think it's a hit too. Yeah. Spaceman by Four Non Blondes. Not a hit. Hard I, not a hit. <laughs> if I Had No Loot by Tony Tony Tone. Neat. Oh, that's, I mean, hard to say. I, You know what? Melod- melodically, that's a hit. Hit, great. Uh, FY with Somewhere. <laughs> oh, I, what do you think? Because I'm divided on this. 
I I would say not a hit. Okay. But I was intrigued. Yes. Yeah. That's not what a hit means. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I don't want to listen to it again, I will listen to it again to try get an understanding of where it came from. I recommend watching the Jules Holland clip. Uh, okay. Dreams by Gabrielle. That's a hit. Go West, Pet Shop Boys. Hit. Shoop, Salt and Pepper. Hit. Boom Shakalak. Hit. Disco Inferno. Hit. That's seven out of nine. That's very good. That's, That's really a very good. high score. It's I don't not know if you've had as high. Yeah. I got lucky. I got lucky. Thank you so much for doing this, Beck. Where can people pleasure. find you? Uh, you can find me on all of the social medias as Beck Charlwood on Instagram, Charles Beckwood. I also have the podcast, uh, the Dude Cinema podcast. We changed names recently from Ladies Guide to Dude Cinema to Dude Cinema, so it's easier for people to find. So there's a little gift for you. And we also have just released our Gold Class feed, which is uh, more bonus content with more up-to-date things that come out on streaming services and stuff, not just old, old, old old movies from way uh, back when. Unfortunately, what's love got to do with it is not a dude film, but that's all right. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. Hey, thanks everyone for being Patreon subscribers as well. Uh, if you are on Patreon, you'll notice I'm doing two Don't You Know Who I Am's in October in Melbourne. One is online. Uh, so it's for the uh, Stupid Old Studios podcast festival. That's happening October 9. And then at the retreat in Brunswick, I'm doing a free show at 7pm on October 23. So come along to those ones if you want to see the old podcast get itself back together. Hey, this has been lots of fun. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.